Hello and welcome to this inaugural podcast of the new season of Cool Pods podcast series brought to you by Cool Earth Connections. I'm your host Deepa Kulkarni and hope you all have had a safe and healthy year. Today with us in our studio is Dr. Sandeep Kulkarni. Welcome Dr. Kulkarni. Hello Deepa, it's a pleasure to be back here after almost a year or maybe a little bit longer since you first started your podcast series and uh, it's great to be uh, again uh, inaugural speaker on your second season so looking forward to great things in the coming year absolutely um i'm absolutely looking forward to a fantastic uh, season uh, a great line of uh, lineup of speakers mm-hmm. um and uh, it's my sincere wish that through my podcasts uh, i can help get a whole lot of information out um to everybody who is uh, in need of uh, uh you know information or um in any way uh wanting some resource uh all over the world yes i agree and i think i i would like to congratulate you on on such a great uh, first season i think one thing you bring i think is that you bring a very balanced uh, perspective on on some of the the challenges and issue it's not just one side of the problem or just focusing on the on the negative but also i think you bring a lot of positivity and uh, and uh, approaches or i think innovative approaches to solving those issues so i really congratulate you on on uh, doing such a great job in the first season and i can't wait to to hear some of the great speakers you have lined up the second one well thank you so much that is very encouraging and um, absolutely gung ho about it and uh, uh, ready to start off great Yeah, looking forward to it. So, it's been a year. Uh, there has been a lot of changes in the field of recycling, packaging. Um, you know, a lot of companies are doing different initiatives. So, you, what changes have you seen uh, in that regard? So, uh, in the last year or year and a half uh, since we spoke, I think uh, uh, there are really a lot of things that have happened. But I think what I would um, uh, really f- uh, put it down to is sort of the three kind of major trends, or I wouldn't even say trends. I think the three major um, uh, initiatives or things that are happening in the in the area of sustainability. The first one is, um, of course, we don't. Uh, nobody needs to uh, uh, emphasize the, the issue of the pandemic. But I think, on as far as the uh, impact of the pandemic and packaging, it's been a tremendous um, kind of a, a impact in the sense that, uh, as you know, people are are uh, shopping on more and more uh, shopping online, are ordering things and uh, having um, uh, food and other types of things delivered. so as a result of that there's been a, a tremendous growth in in packaging because everything that is being delivered as being is being uh, uh, purchased online has to be packaged and that's caused a lot of growth in in uh, particularly uh, pa- uh, plastic packaging and in a sense it has made the problem worse because i mean obviously you have all this packaging now to be uh, to be um, uh, either recycled or properly uh, disposed of but i think it's also opened up the eyes for a lot of people that hey this is a real problem i mean we have all this um, uh, huge uh, piles of packaging that are that have to be uh, have to be dealt with 
the second thing that's happened uh, or the second kind of a macro uh, trend that's happened is um, is around um, uh, a lot of legislations and and uh, and regulations that have come into effect and again part of it is because of all this growth in packaging and what countries and uh, and um, our governments are seeing in terms of the issues that the the, the single use plastics or other types of plastics are causing uh, so what that has led to is a lot of growth in, in regulations, whether it's uh, in Europe, the single-use plastics directive or uh, new extended producer responsibility uh, bills or legislations that are coming up, even in the U.S., which traditionally has not been very very focused on, on regulations. There is a lot more uh, EPR, uh, extended producer responsibility regulations that are coming to effect. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that's really driving more uh, focus on on this whole issue of uh, of uh, litter and pollution and so on. And the third thing that's really happening, I think, is that companies, uh, the large corporations, are realizing that they have certain goals that they've announced that by 2025 they're going to achieve, or 2030, for instance. And they're realizing that their time frame is actually getting closer and closer. We are already into 2021. So 2025 is just four years out. There's not a lot of time. And to be able to achieve those type of uh, of lofty or aggressive goals, it's going to take a lot of effort on, on their part and the part of uh, other stakeholders. Um, and so that's caused, I think, a big sense of urgency on the part of uh, uh, companies and and other bodies to to really work together and to really drive more more circularity and more um, recycling and kind of more uh, initiatives to to reach those uh, sustainability goals. So I think I would say those those are the sort of three key factors that have come into play since we last spoke that maybe were there to some extent, but those have really ramped up in a big way in the last year. Uh, That's very encouraging to know. I think there has been a double push, like I would say the push from uh, for for the companies uh, in terms of uh, trying to uh, streamline this whole process. Mm-hmm. And also from the consumer, uh, because now that every consumer is aware of it, they all want to make a difference. Every everyone is aware of this now. Yes. Um, and uh, they, you know, want to be uh, somewhere actively involved. And I'm sure that is putting pressure on uh, the name brand companies. Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, like, I think uh, it was um, the former chairman of um, of uh, Starbucks uh, at one time said that consumers can really uh, can really cause major changes through through their pocketbooks. I mean, the, every dollar that is spent, they can influence companies in terms of how uh, uh, how they should develop, design their their products and their packaging. So, as you said, consumers are getting hyper aware of of the issues that are uh, out there, the the challenges that are happening, and I think every day in the media now you see uh, reports about uh, about uh, climate change, about um, uh, plastic pollution Absolutely. in the oceans. All those things are getting to the forefront. So the consumer is now uh, are now very very aware, and I think they are pushing. Um, companies, uh, governments, uh, organizations really make a meaningful change. change. So as you said, it's happening from both sides, from the top down and from the bottom up as well. Absolutely. And I think that is what was needed, uh, you know, to 
to give this big impetus. Yes, exactly. Uh, to the whole effort. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I remember when we uh, did a podcast, or I, I did a lot of my news podcasts, and we talked of a lot of collaborations that, that have been happening between companies, between different organizations. Uh, uh, you know, they're coming together uh, for a common goal. Mm-hmm. So what do you see that has happened in that field uh, as far as collaborations uh, within organizations and uh, whether it's companies, whether it's in terms of legislations or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a a tremendous growth in in those type of of initiatives uh, in the last year or year and a half. Uh, And again, one of the reasons that's happening is because, as I said, uh, companies or corporations are, are realizing that to be able to meet their uh, their um, uh, their goals or their stated goals for 2025. Uh, it's going to be a very tall order to do it by themselves. I mean, it's uh, um, it it used to be uh, that uh, each company sort of did its own thing and uh, and tried to reach some uh, some level of s- uh, sustainable progress. But I think, given the the urgency of the situation and the the aggressiveness of the goals. Uh, these com- all these companies are realizing that it's going to take a, a collaborative or a joint effort uh, to to make it happen. And, and if you think of it, a lot of the, the goals are very similar. Every uh, large consumer products yes. company yes. is aiming to make their products uh, fully recyclable or or in some cases compostable, uh, and to increase how much recycled material gets used in their packaging. So they're very similar. So it may just make sense for for all of them to to pool their efforts and work together. So in that sense, there's been initiatives like, um, of course, the Recycling Partnership, which has been around for a few years, where which is uh, in the U.S. is doing a lot of good work in increasing collection of packaging right. uh, on a curbside level. But I think one of the big things that's happened, one of the major initiatives that particularly here in the U.S. that has come about since last year is the, is the U.S. Plastics Pact, mm-hmm. which is actually a collaborative effort between um, the Recycling Partnership, uh, the World Wildlife Fund, which is a non-government organization, and also a number of uh, large brand owners who are like the considered like the actuators or the activators of that uh, that pact. And the U- the U.S. Plastics Pact is actually a, a spin-off or a or a kind of a byproduct from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, initiative uh, called the New Plastics uh, uh, New Plastics Economy Initiative. So what the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, is doing is they have this global initiative they're doing all over the world Mm -hmm. but in order to make it more uh, kind of uh, make it more effective on a regional level they have set up what's called plastics pacts for different uh, countries in different regions uh, where the the companies on the ground there come together and uh, with along with um, NGOs uh, with recyclers with the different parts of the value chain within the within the recycling and uh, waste management community to really drive more circularity, uh, and so the U.S. Plastics Pact is a similar uh, uh, off, uh, offshoot from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, effort, and that's that was announced about a year, a year and a half ago. Uh, yes, I remember having yeah. read about that. Yes, and so like I said, the, the recycling partnership involved mm-hmm. with that World Wildlife Fund and also a host of other companies, and that's really now starting to. Uh, pick up steam in a big way to to really drive more more circular economy in uh, in plastics packaging 
So uh, it's, it's really encouraging to know that there is some kind of a structure that is happening um, to, uh, towards these efforts, uh, from, you know, by organizations or companies. Uh, uh, yes. And uh, across the entire value chain with the end goal of circularity. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's, uh, it's um, uh, the time is now uh, come where I think uh, no one, like, like a one-off effort is not going to work. I mean, I think it's going to take a really concerted effort on the part of every part of the that uh, value chain. I mean, we keep hearing about of how the recycling system uh, in the U.S. is broken because uh, even though so much packaging can be recycled, only a very small fraction of that actually does get recycled. And the reason is uh, all these different pieces are not coming together. The collection, right, exactly. sorting, exactly. and at the end of the day, somebody actually taking the recycled material and, and using it. So all these things have to really fall into place to, to drive effective recycling. And I think that's where these, uh, this type of a, a collaborative effort really will, uh, will, uh, will be uh, instrumental in making that happen. Uh, yeah, that's that's extremely encouraging and uh, very positive news. Mm -hmm. um, now, you talked about regulations and legislations that are coming into place and uh, that are being enforced. Uh, mm -hmm. So can you talk about what are these organizations that have these kind of uh, legislations or um, who are kind of setting up standards? Sure. So there's two uh, two kind of uh, re regulations or uh, kind of legislations that are coming. Uh, one is just an outright uh, ban or or uh, uh, maybe taxation on certain types of packaging. For instance, in in Europe, there is uh, something called a single-use plastics directive mm -hmm. that was announced last year, where it's actually going to be banning a, a range of different single-use plastics. So things like stutters or uh, ear earbuds, and so they have a list of items that they are banning, and other types of single-use uh, packaging uh, such as cups and and uh, and cutlery and some other types of things those are going to be uh, taxed uh, because of the fact that they can't be reused uh, and the companies will have a certain amount of time to to try to uh, change the the materials so they are, uh, so that they can actually either be reused repurposed or find a, a solution uh, to move out of the, the out of those single use plastics so that's one this thing where you're you're actually the government is regulating something or pushing something that are forcing companies to essentially change. Mm -hmm. uh, the other part of uh, the legislations that are coming in is something called extended producer responsibility uh, legislations, which means the governments in certain countries or even in uh, some U.S. states are are saying to companies like uh, Nestle or Unilever or PepsiCo, hey, you are putting all this packaging in the market. You better uh, find a way to uh, find a way to uh, either recycle or find a, a end uh, end product for that. So they uh, require companies to pay a certain fee into uh, an organization that will then uh, set up more recycling facilities and things like that. So it's called a producer responsibility organization. So that's one where there's a shared uh, cost that's involved for companies. Companies pay a certain amount of money to increase recycling facilities, more collection facilities, and things like that. Uh, so there's both both those models or both those type of things that are coming in. Uh, I think both kind of have their pros and cons, but uh, I think this EPR model is starting to grow more and more. We've, see, we've seen it in Europe for many years. Uh, I think South Africa has it. India has some sort of, uh, sort of EPR now. So in, and like I said, in the US, 
at least two states in the US just recently announced. Uh, Maine, you know, Maine was one of them. Maine is one and, uh, and Oregon, Oregon is another one. Yeah. yeah. So those two states have announced new EPR bills. So this is just, I can just see this growing and, and increasing uh, across, uh, across the US as well. That's wonderful to know. And um, it's absolutely, um, I think it's very timely um, that these legislations are coming in. And it's time, right? I mean. Yes. Um, because exactly. it's um, avoiding a lot of confusion and what to do and things like that, right? For companies or other organizations. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing we, uh, one needs to be careful about is that the regulations or the legislations have to be thought through. You don't want to just uh, simply outright ban something and have a completely negative or uh, opposite consequence from that. So they have to be something that has to be thought through. And, Very well thought through. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the key. But I think I, I agree that legislation uh, regulations can play a big role in, in driving more circularity uh, for sure. Yeah. And um, so you have been uh, recently uh, appointed uh, uh, as one of the members uh, with the Association of Plastic Recyclers. Mm -hmm. uh, now, what is Association of Plastic Recyclers and what is your role um, in that? So the, uh, the Association of Plastic Recyclers, or it's uh, commonly called as the APR, mm -hmm. is, a, is an industry uh, trade body. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, a, it's an organization that consists of uh, uh, brand owners like uh, uh, Pepsi, Coke, uh, Unilever, and so on, uh, who are part of or members of the APR. There's also a large number of uh, recyclers who are, of course, part of this. And also there are other types of uh, organizations or other types of bodies that are, that are members. The whole purpose of the, the association is really to drive uh, more, more recycling and to set some, uh, some standards around uh, what can and cannot be recycled. Uh, so they have a, the, one of the, the important uh, documents or pieces of uh, documentation that the, the APR has put together is something called as the APR Design Guide which tells uh, somebody who's producing packaging, whether it's a, a, a actual producer or a, even a brand owner, uh, what needs to go into that packaging to make it fully recyclable on a technical level. So if you make a packaging out of these plastics in this type of combination of, uh, let's say, a bottle plus a cap plus a label, it can actually be recycled, uh, easily recycled through an uh, existing recycling process. So they've laid out these uh, design guidelines or guidance that, that, that companies can refer to when they are coming up with new packaging or evaluating their, their current packaging. Um, now my role is actually a twofold. One is there is a, there is a, recognition, there are, there is a recognition process within the, the APR called critical guidance recognition, which actually allows companies to have their packaging tested through some rigorous testing procedures and, and to, make, to, to show that their packaging is fully recyclable and they get a, uh, like a recognition or endorsement uh, from the APR. So I'll, I'll be uh, uh, handling that or managing that. Plus I'm also, I'll be responsible for uh, managing a new program called Meets Preferred Guidance, which is a somewhat simplified version of this critical guidance. Um, and again, it'll help companies and, and suppliers to demonstrate that their packaging is uh, is fully recyclable. So again, the whole idea that APR wants to promote is that packaging should be designed in such a way that it can be readily recycled so it becomes a part of the circular economy and so it doesn't uh, cause challenges for recyclers or somebody who's going to be handling that. 
So basically, it's uh, like providing a certification uh-huh. or um, setting up guidelines so that you know the companies don't do a hit and miss kind of a uh, exactly. trials or experimentation with the, the products. Yes, so it's basically a way of telling them uh, if you design the package in a certain way uh, with uh, with certain set of materials, mm. it it makes uh, the recycler's job uh, easy versus other things you see these days. You see packaging which has uh, ten layers of plastic or other types of uh, fancy things, printing and all that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all that can make it very difficult for the package uh, the recycler to to uh, to recycle. recycle it or take mm-hmm. it to the process. So the APR basically has these guidelines which say that, okay, if you use a combination of this type of a bottle with this type of a label and uh, like a lotion pump or something like that, this, that combination is, is easy to recycle versus something else which can be harder, much harder to recycle, what's called detrimental for recycling. Uh, so they don't actually provide, it's not, a cert, it's not called a certification, it's right. more of a recognition where it means that okay. companies can get recognized for doing mm-hmm. the right things about their packaging. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, again, like I said before, um, it's we are heading into a um, more of a structure for ev- all these efforts. Yes. Uh, to come together. Exactly. Um, and um, that's that's absolutely a, a very positive uh, uh, effort happening. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, I think it's all sort of starting to converge because even yes. the U.S. Plastics Pact is now going to be using the, the APR design guide as their basis for, for defining wow. what, what packaging, mm-hmm. how packaging should be designed and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they, have, they have agreed to use the APR's guidelines uh, and to recommend those to companies and part of, who are part of that, uh, that initiative. So again, I think it will help to develop more uh, better recyclable packaging. I think that's a wonderful organization. Um, you know, I think we needed something like this. And APR has been around for a while. Yes, it's been around for a good, uh, I would say, uh, 20 plus years. I mean, yeah, it's been around. But I think now the role, role of the APR is really starting to grow because of all these initiatives. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, now, um, you know, I've always been a big believer uh, that the consumer has to be educated simultaneously, whether you're you know, coming up in new package or mm-hmm. new way of recycling things. Um, what is being done uh, in order to uh, instill consumer confidence? Yes, uh, that is a very key piece because as you said uh, earlier on, consumer is becoming uh, hyper aware of, of what's happening in the environment. So they need to, uh, and they are, they are starting to ask questions in terms of the packaging that they're buying and uh, what they should be doing with it. So, uh, so com- uh, companies are, of, of course, large corporations starting to uh, uh, invest a lot more um, efforts in in uh, the right messaging, the right uh, the right way of communicating to to consumers in terms of what uh, where their packaging is coming from, what they should be doing with it, and so on. Uh, but I think one of the uh, one of the key sort of uh, initiatives that uh, has been around for a few years uh, is the the Sustainable Packaging Coalition's uh, uh, design for recycling. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the the uh, how to recycle uh, label. Okay. So uh, this is actually a label that uh, that uh, companies can have on their packaging, which tells the consumer uh how that packaging whether the, first of all whether that packaging can be recycled or not and if it can be where where does it need to go 
for instance, a, a bottle, a water bottle, can be recycled right in your uh, home recycling bin in the curbside recycling, versus something like a, a polyethylene pouch, uh, which can be recycled, but it has to be dropped off in a in a grocery store or a retail store, uh, in at least in the U.S. And that's how it, it gets recycled. So, so this how to recycle label uh, gives that message to consumers and it tells them. Uh, what they need to, need to do to effectively uh, recycle their uh, their packaging. Uh, That's wonderful. That's so, really great. Yes, and many of the uh, the one of the ch changes that has happened in the last several years is more and more uh, large companies are starting to use that label. Uh, the the w one thing I will say is it's still uh, the amount of space on if you think on a package, the amount of space is quite limited. limited so yeah. it it becomes kind of hard to sometimes to pack all that information in a label. So there's some efforts that are coming uh, along that uh, are looking at ways of uh, using maybe artificial intelligence or uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, computer recognition and all that to to make it more even more easy or intuitive for consumers to uh, decide if a certain package is recyclable and where it needs to be going and all that. So I think stay tuned for those type of things in the coming years, which will I think uh, make it even easier for. Uh, for consumers to um, to recycle packaging the right way and again drive more more uh, circular economy. Absolutely, I, I'm very encouraged. Uh, uh, you know, with all these efforts that have been happening, they seem to be very consumer friendly. Uh, by what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. They have to. They have to be because I think the, uh, that's where it all starts, right? I mean, if a consumer exactly. doesn't, exactly. I absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, doesn't uh, recycle. I mean, then it's not. Yeah, uh, yeah. you can do <laughs> you all the great know, things. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't yeah. know what to do, then uh, what is the point, right? Yes, exactly. And you can do all the great things to to make a really fully recyclable yeah, exactly. package and everything. But at the end of the day, if the consumer if, doesn't know what to do, where it has to all, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. completely agree there. Um, I think uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, the amount of information that you have given has been absolutely great and I really thank you for doing that um, because um, I, I really felt the need um, to do this podcast um, just so that we can, we can you know, kind of go back and see where, where we started and where we've come. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's like a little snapshot. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure if we, we talk again in another year's time, thing, there'll be a lot Absolutely. more developments to discuss at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree and uh, really appreciate your time and uh, for being here today. Um, and um, I am absolutely looking forward to a fantastic uh, season uh, going forward uh, with a fantastic line of uh, speakers uh, that mm -hmm. are coming up. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, I would like to thank you and I would like to thank everybody who's listening. Um, and if you need to connect to me, uh, you could email me at uh, connections at sustainablepackagingservices.com or you could also visit my website www.sustainablepackagingservices.com I wish you a very great year ahead, a safe, healthy year ahead and uh, please stay tuned to our next podcast. Our podcasts are available on all podcast platforms. We are also now on Twitter and Instagram so please do connect with me over there um, uh, under the uh, name Cool Pods on Twitter 
and coolpod7 on Instagram. Thank you very much and have a blessed day.